You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic holistic physician, best-selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Originally discovered in 1922 and called the fertility factor due to its ability to help with prevention of birth defects and uh, babies reaching full term, vitamin E is a fat-soluble nutrient and it's found in many, many foods such as wheat germ, vegetable oils, palm oils, nuts and seeds, and it acts as an, an antioxidant to help protect cells from free radical damage, inflammation, and premature aging. Now, there are two types of vitamin E. Number one, it's tocopherols, which everyone knows about, which is probably in every multivitamin out there. And then the second is called tocotrienols, and each have four subtypes, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. Now, while the tocopherols have been investigated very extensively in the last 90 years or so, uh, little is known about the tocotrienols until more recently. Now, today we have the world's foremost expert on vitamin E, Dr. Barry Tan, and he's here to share more about the 21st century vitamin E tocotrienols. Great to have you here on Wellness for Life, Barry. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Bennett. So, yes, I'm looking forward to this, and thank you for the intro. Absolutely. You know, I, I've i known you for, I, I'd say, about 10 years, Barry. I mean, it's been a long time, don't you think? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And about you're the one. Or more. Yeah, probably a little bit more. Uh, you're the one who told me all about I learned, I, I met you at one of the medical show conferences, and I think it might have been the A4M, in fact. And you you told me all about tocotrienols, I, which I really didn't know at that time any difference between, uh, you know, tocopherols, vitamin E's and whatnot. I just knew that it was a super important antioxidant and that we needed it um, to prevent specific types of conditions. But more importantly, what I loved about your um, of, of us, our conversation back then was your passion for for anatotocotrienols. And I even got a book. You know, you actually wrote. Um, you have two books out. One is more for the, the general public, but the first one that I wrote, read was all on the technical version. It was a more of a medical book, and you, you um, were the author of two big chapters there, and so fascinating. And I'm telling you, uh, it's one of the most exciting nutrients uh, right now that's, that's available for us to have every day. So I, I want to just commend you on the impact you've had in the natural world and your research on vitamin E, and specifically, again, about anato tocotrienol. So I'd like to first ask you how you got involved and what got you interested in this magic of tocotrienols. Yeah, I, I, it, started when I was at the, it started when I was at the University of Massachusetts uh, as early as 1984. I was doing research on oil and, and fat, which were the plants are making all this type of vitamin E. And in it, I found that uh, the very common type of vitamin E are tocopherol, and they're also common in many fats and vegetable oil. Uh, I was studying in palm oil, and I found out that in palm oil, most of it are tocotrienol. And since then, I discovered them in uh, palm, in rice, a little bit in avocado, in pistachio, nothing in high amount, even in coconut oil. Then I stumbled uh, onto anato. Anato to the West is known because of the colors. We use it for coloring cheeses and meat occasionally. 
uh, ice cream, and in South America, using many, many food to make the food radish color, including sausages, they also make radish color. So I was on a trip to South America probably 22, 25 years ago, looking for lutein, which is good for the eye, macular degeneration. And then I stumbled onto this anato plant, probably about uh, 20 feet away from me, uh, like that. It's grown in a subtropical type climate as well as tropical. In the U.S., you can find them in, in Hawaii. That's just about it. Occasionally, I see a plant or two in southern part of California, in Florida, but not really too good except for those kind of warmer climates. So what caught my attention with this anato is the, the fruit has no flesh. All fruits have flesh but not so with a natto. So if you open the pot, which is actually the fruit, you only see the seed. Where the flesh is, it's just like air. And then the seed will stain your color. And in South America, the Spanish word is achote, and the uh, uh, Portuguese word is urucum, Brazilian call it. And in, in the West, we call it anato. The British have a nickname for it, and we call it uh, the lipstick plant because of the intense color. That That's that's about it. I surmise at the time that something that is protecting the color from degradation, probably I thought it was a polyphenol, like many famous polyphenol, like resveratrol, EGCG. There are many out there. But even more surprisingly, it was not a polyphenol. It brought me back to another vitamin E. This time, it stopped me on the track because this vitamin E is tocotrienol and is completely tocopherol free. When I've earlier discovered this from palm and rice, they're not tocopherol free. They have tocopherol with tocotrienol, but this one is completely free. And because of that, and having had 15 years earlier experience in tocotrienol, I decided that, okay, I'm going to do research and figure out what this tocopherol free tocotrienol from Anato could do. So that was my a finding about this plant, how it contained the tocotrienol you know, 25 or so years ago when I was in South America, looking for uh, something else. I, I love this. This is, you know, it, it's like we can make a movie about this, you being out there looking for the the uh, wonders of the Amazon. But I would like to ask you, you're saying that it's the plant, uh, the, the seed, the anato seed is what you discovered. It wasn't in the plant as in like the leaves or the shoots, or the bark. It's in the seed. Is that correct? That is correct. Not not on the leaf. They have other things in the leaf and the bark and the root, but this one is in the seed. You have to open the pot. So if the audience listening, if you go online and Google the word anato, two N's and two T, A-N-N-A-T-T-O, picture, you probably see my face showing up because I showed that or somebody else showing this or Hispanic cooking. You see this and you see the seed and then the fruit part and then and then there'll be no flesh. It is it is the fruit, not not the leaf or any parts of the plant except the fruit. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, uh, it's a brilliant, it's a beautiful, beautiful pod, beautiful colors. And um, but, you know, the, you, you talked about how. It, the uh, plant itself, or I should say the seed itself, would not degra degradate, meaning the sunlight or uh, from any type of oxidative stress. Um, it, so then you found that these tocotrienols prevent oxidative stress 
inflammation. You know, oxidative stress and inflammation is basically the root cause of many deadly uh, chronic illnesses. And of course, part of the primary factor for the aging process. So how exactly does the anatto plant or the tocotrienols found in anatto help protect and repair our cells? Now, the first off, your earlier remark is very important. First, the plant the plant doesn't have inflammation, so I was trying to extract, figure out something, what is making the color not go bad or destroyed. Like if you see the fall foliage, the color uh, goes quickly, the carotene color, and the anato color is the carotene, but it did not go away quickly. So there is acting as a very powerful antioxidant. So then I discovered that it is, and I wasn't thinking it was a tocotrin, it was something as a powerful antioxidant. So once I discovered it was a natto, uh, it's a tocotrin, the most potent one of all the vitamin E, then I realized, okay, something is good with this. So, so not right now, I, I'm think, reducing this, okay, so vitamin E, so vitamin E is discovered in the 1920, almost 100 years ago as a birth vitamin. There are eight isomers, and you clearly identify them, four of them to copra, four to cotrienol. And of the eight isomers, the two most potent ones are delta tocotrienol and gamma tocotrienol. And if you were to run uh, uh, an analysis of this anato, it only contains the two most potent ones. I, I kid you not. It's just the delta tocotrienol and the gamma tocotrienol. So I realized that, okay, I fumble on something unusual. Now for the audience, keep in mind so that I know sometimes we quickly want to jump in and I want to do that too. But keep in mind that if you go to American Chemical Society, not American Cancer, American Chemical Society, these are chemists like that, they consider that there are 50 million chemicals on earth, synthetic and natural, everything ever known. And if you then flip it at the personal level, I happen to be in South America and Amazonia has so many stuff and so many species and so many, so many things, like so many plants, never mind chemical. And 50 million is not all the chemicals on earth. 50 million are all the chemicals known to men and women that we even know about synthetically and naturally. So of the known one, I happen to stumble on two. I think that that is more spiritual. Yes, I'm a scientist, right? I happen to stumble on something. So so that itself makes me enthusiastic and looking for it. So now to answer your question on the inflammation oxidation, I, I simplistically want to do it, explain it like that. It protects the cell from degradation. Every cell has a cell wall. So I'm thinking of the cell wall and they allow certain things to go into the cell to do what it does. And then the waste from the cell that it generates, it allows that to get out of the cell. To, to do that, you have to crisscross in and out of the cell wall. So the integrity of the cell wall is important. Otherwise, things are not getting in and out properly, then it's not good. Now, most people know that. Most people may not know that the cell wall are fatty. They are phospholipid. They have a phosphate group that is very, very water soluble. And then there's a fat, fatty acid in the tail. So it looks like, think of a sperm. It, it should look like that or a tadpole. And 
and in the cell wall is also cholesterol. The cholesterol also have a tail. They look like tadpole. It, it makes the structure uh, of the cell, think of a bean shape like that. It, it makes it, it's fluid. It's not like a solid bean. And in it also, because it got so much fat, it has antioxidant to protect the cell wall. Of the of 90% of the gazillion antioxidant out in the universe, 90% of all those antioxidant in the cell wall are vitamin E. Most people do not know that. Yes, we have other very powerful antioxidant, uh, Suzanne, like CoQ10, like astaxanthin, like lutein and zeaxanthin, but they don't sit in the cell wall. 90% of all those are vitamin E, and they are mostly alpha tocopherol. Now, then now you sip it down. You compare tocopherol and tocotrienol. Tocotrienol is 50 times more potent. They still look like the tadpole, like this. So if you take tocotrienol, they will go into the cell wall to protect the cell wall because 90% of all the antioxidants in the cell wall are vitamin E molecule. I kid you not. This is published in the 1980. <clears throat> there are other antioxidants, but they don't protect fat, lipid oxidation. They protect nucleus oxidation, protein oxidation, DNA oxidation, other kind, but not fat. So, and fat oxidation, I consider the most important. Otherwise, there's too much noise of antioxidant protection. Why do I think that? If you think of all the things that can be oxidized, fat oxidation is the lowest line food to go back. If you have a cake, if you have butter, if you have a bowl of soup, whatever, the first thing you smell off is the fat that have gone. Never the protein, never the other thing. Eventually, of course, everything can go bad, but, but it would be the fat, you know? So because of that, I'm very interested in the human. The average human being have about 20 to 30% fat. That is the weight of the human body I care about for protection, always. If you have fish that go bad, you have a, a hunk of meat that go bad, it's always that you smell the rancidity of the fat, not anything else, first to go bad. So, so therefore, if you protect the cell wall, you protect the integrity of the functioning of the cell, and then you'll be able to protect the body. We have 38 trillion cells, which is about 5,000 times the population of the Earth. So having said that, now you sift the oxid antioxidation thing down to what you said, which is uh, <clears throat> uh, inflammation. So, Very. so I Real can leave you... Okay. Real quick, I just want to confirm what you said earlier that 90% of all antioxidants within the cellular membrane, and that's something that sits in the membrane, not inside the cell or for the mitochondria or for uh, the uh, DNA, um, a nucleus and whatnot, you're saying is, did you say that it was alpha-tocopherols, 90% of? of 90% of them are tocopherol. All, all, no, sorry, all vitamin E molecule, tocopherols and tocotrienol. I, I got yes. you. Okay, so it's all types, uh, so it's both types of uh, vitamin E sits within the inner membrane and it acts as an antioxidant, preventing uh, 
lipid peroxidation or preventing damage, which causes obviously what in our terms, um, when we know it, it's rancidity. You can tell when oil goes rancid because there's a very strong smell. Um, you know, when, when you smell rancid oil, often you're like, you have a bottle of olive oil and when you right where the top is, often you can smell it right where the top, um, uh, you know, screws back on, you can smell the oil just doesn't smell good. And it's really important that we don't eat rancid oil because like you said, it causes very, very fast um, uh, damage to our body of oxidative stress. So moving, going towards that then, um, I want to know the difference between then tocopherols and the tocotrienols so that we can, you know, talk about uh, why is it more important to have tocotrienols rather than tocopherols? Good question. The tail, think think of a tocopherol uh, like a tadpole again, that the tadpole is longer, longer tail. And then think of a tocotrienol as a tadpole with a shorter tail. Otherwise, they look the same, so they can go into the cell wall, no problem, like that. So when you say a tocotrienol is 50 times more potent, Normally, it's hard to believe. Is it? How can it be 50 times more potent? Uh, two times more potent is believable. So you see Berkeley in the 1970s, Professor Lester Packer, he did the work to find out why tocotrienol is more potent, and this is what he got. He used a special machine. He can see that the tadpole is a tocopherol. Let's try to imagine with me. It's circling around <laughs> the bean-shaped cell about one mile an hour just imagine one uh, uh, yeah one mile one mph then he put in tocotrienol the shorter tail it's spinning about 50 miles an hour so is why is it able to swim 50 times faster because the tail is shorter it anchors less deep into the phospholipid that's it so and then why if it spin around 50 times faster it's better because this we as human beings are organic. We need oxygen to survive. Without oxygen, we cannot live. And oxygen is the same thing that causes oxidation. So you need it, you kind of like, you cannot live with, without it and you cannot live with it. So you got to figure out how to deal with it like that, right? So when the oxygen go in and out, like you mentioned mitochondria, without oxidation, without oxygen, the mitochondria can function. You need CoQ10 and all these wonderful things. So it has to go in and out. So, but you only need one in 1,000 or one in 10,000, the oxygen is going to go wacko. That oxygen that went wacko is going to attack the phospholipid. So now, if you have a tocotrienol spinning around 50 times faster, you will see the wacko oxygen and you'll just trap it. And that's what we refer to as lipid oxidation protection at the molecular level because when the oxygen gets into the phospholipid, it actually attacks for, uh, phospholipid, the fatty, the, the uh, <clears throat> unsaturated fatty acids like all of us love omega-3, they're even more unsaturated. So when we want it to be there to make uh, the cell wall more pliable, so and then that radical oxygen is going to go after that. The moment it go after that, the tocotrienol is going to catch it 50 times faster than the tocopherol. That's it. 
if you once you can capture that 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 is the reason by the way it also works in the mitochondria i know you are a mitochondria expert in mitochondria in the mitochondria it's also important because the mitochondria also have also have a, a cell wall so if the toco try you know go there when the oxygen is needed in and out because you need oxidative phosphorylation when you do this that toco try you know is also able to capture the free radical so that the mitochondria is able to function properly in the mitochondrial cell wall. Same, same idea. That. Yeah, I love all what you're saying. And, <laughs> and I, I will tell you that um, since I've met you, I've been using it myself and for my patients. And I use it a lot for my, my patients who have cardiovascular um, issues. And whether it's atherosclerosis, they've got heart murmurs, you've, they've got prolapses, um, and other types of uh, cardiovascular illness. But you know what? Last year you sent me a very interesting study, and this had to do with um, osteopenia, osteopenia yeah. and bone, bone growth and strengthening of bone. So, I mean, we all know that uh, when it comes to osteopenia and osteoporosis, it really hits the women, women more than men because of the changes in our hormonal shifts. And, and I'd like you to just share a little bit about that study because I was just blown away when I read it that it had to do with it reduced the bone resorption, meaning bone resorption is when bone is broken down, um, the calcium and bone um, uh, uh, molecules, I should say, were broken down and, and being used for other things. But anyway, uh, when you have bone resorption, that's how we get osteopenia. Can you please share that a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I will. And the, the two uh, major things, actually there are three of them, osteopenia is one, fatty liver disease is another one. I, you, I presume you're going to ask me that question. And also on cancer, but maybe cancer another time. The osteopenia thing was five years ago, we figured out that we've done so many animal studies. This is going to help to have mineral, help to prevent mineral loss in the bone. So I, I, we decided to do a study in Texas. It was a double blind. We had postmenopausal women because the estrogen dropped and we gave them this tocopherol free tocotrienol, 300 milligram in one group and 600 milligram per day in another group. We did it for three months and this is what we measure. We measure a bone resorption. In other words, in the bone uh, 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 that, that break down the bone. The, the cell that break down the bone, and we wanted to inhibit that because during menopause, uh, the woman is breaking down more of its bone because the estrogen is dropping. So we're able to see that the tocotrienol is able to reduce the bone resorption by 13% or 15%, which is a good thing. You, you don't want the bone to resorb and disappear. That's one. On the other hand, you want the bone to build and the building of the bone is a bone turnover, bone growth. And we found that that's going to be more than 100%. We're very encouraged by that. Usually, endocrinologists use two numbers, the bone growth over the bone breakdown as a ratio. So if your bone breakdown is dropped by 15% and the bone growth is increased by 100%, the ratio will be resisting bone loss over the time during the postmenopausal years. So, and also during this time, I, I, I noticed another thing. I have to write this down because I forgot. Uh, during when the estrogen dropped, estrogen itself is an antioxidant, estradiol. Mo most 
scientists don't record it. I was looking at the structure of the estradiol, which is produced in the women, and then you can see it has got a phenolic ring. Actually, it's an antioxidant. So in other words, in her life, time when she's have a normal cycle she actually produce antioxidant to protect herself not so after menopause so therefore we decided to measure oxidative damage and we found out that the tocotrienol uh, reduced the oxidative damage at the postmenopausal women by about 48%. I, I keep forgetting to say that, and that's an important thing. So you put it, when you put this osteopenia thing all together, this is what I have. They are that's calcium, huge. they are vitamin B and vitamin K. So in simplistically, this is what I say. Calcium is a mineral constituent of the bone. The body doesn't make them. You've got to take it from food like that. And vitamin D is a chaperone. It's a hormone that chaperones the calcium to the bone. Otherwise, the calcium cannot just go to the bone. And vitamin K uh, is putting the is putting it, vitamin K makes osteoclastin, which is a protein. It's an interstitial space like a sieve, so it traps the calcium in the bone. So therefore, what if this is all the wonderful thing the three things can do? Where does tocotrienol stand? Tocotrienol had to do with the actual bone cells, the, the osteoblast, which is a building of the bone cell, increase, and the osteoclast, which is the breakdown of the bone, the decrease that. You want that process to be like that during menopausal time. That's it. I just explained that. That's how tocotrienol can do, unlike vitamin D and vitamin K. That's fantastic what you're saying. I mean, you're just giving us the key to prevention of fractures. Now, fractures, we know that uh, if, as we age, if we do get fractures, the likelihood of it actually killing us in, you know, uh, in the next year is very, very high. So one thing that I'd like to mention about vitamin K, I believe it's the MK4 uh, of the K2, which is the one that does help prevent um, with fractures. Um, there's different kinds of, of vitamin K. Uh, do you um, recommend that? The you know the difference of vitamin K2. Uh, yeah, it's right. It's MK4 and MK7. Now I'm conscious of the time. I don't know how long the interview is uh, for. The, I don't know if you want to cover uh, the fatty liver disease or another time. Uh, or you also asked me a, a, a question about GG, and GG has to do with vitamin K. I leave you to decide what direction you want to go on the time that we have left. I can I can talk about the MK4 thing, or I can talk about the fatty liver disease. Uh, how you know would what? you like to this? This is what I'd love to do. I definitely want to go into fatty liver, uh, but I'm going to bring you back on to just do a full thing on fatty liver. If you can be, if you'd love to do that, I'd love to just do all on fatty liver because I've been talking a lot about it on my radio show and I want your uh, perspective of fatty liver. Is that okay? And then, yeah, because I'd like to go into. If you want to find another time to do fatty liver disease, it is very stunning. Uh, that I can do that. And for this one here, if you want to uh, wrap up on the understanding of the vitamin K thing, I can mention about the GG on a specific role there. That is a new compound. We just uh, launched this. It is a endogenous nutrient, just like CoQ10 is endogenous. Our body makes it. And and, and this GG, is very, we're very excited. That itself also may require another uh, interview time. And we, we have this compound. We extract from a plant, 
and GG in the human body is required for these three synthesis. One, GG is required for the synthesis of protein. Just think about protein synthesis, GG is required for that. So it helps the older people with sarcopenia, people who take statin drug for myopathy, or just the myogenesis. So that's one thing GG does, which is global. And the another thing is, this one you'll be very interested with, GG is required for the biosynthesis of CoQ10 in our body. That's it. So the two molecule of GG is embedded in the entire tail of CoQ10. And then the last thing, uh, vitamin K2, the specific vitamin K2 called MK4 uh, has a tail. The entire tail of manoquinone 4 is gyranol, gyranol, GG. And so uh, as of only as recent as 5, 10 years ago, it is just discovered our human body synthesize MK4 and it's a GG is required for the synthesis of MK4 synthesis. I can tell you this, this what I just said to the radio thing is shockingly new. Everybody in the universe know manoquinone is done by fermentation. You take fermented food, uh, it is make in your, uh, in your gut, that is manoquinone, usually those are MK7, 8, 9 to 11, the longer one. However, MK4 is the only manoquinone synthesized in your human body, and it requires GG to do this. And that also has to do with bone health, uh, uh, remove arteriosclerosis in the artery, just like MK7 would. So. If you want to pick this up on another time, I will be happy. I, I uh, you know, I wanted to honor the time that you have for your show. Thank so, you so much. Well, I will tell you, I got interested in GG because I've, a lot of my patients take statins, and when you take statins, every, you know, all doctors should be prescribing CoQ10 because what it does is it blocks your ability to make CoQ10, and that CoQ10 goes through the pathway to make, go through the GG pathway. This was the most amazing aha thing when I saw this, uh, Dr. Tan. And if, if you're on statins, not only should you be taking CoQ10, but I think you should be taking GG. Don't you agree? That is that, that 100%. In fact, I almost can tell you this, right? The reason, okay, that if you take statin drug, it knocks it off. Uh, and think of uh, Interstate 95 in the U.S. It, it, the, the statin knocks it off in the in the exit in Boston. Now, Interstate 95 is from Maine to Florida. It just it just as a metaphor. So, and then the synthesis of cholesterol, which is what you want to take statin for, uh, is in New York. See, so New York uh, cholesterol drop, but uh, uh, CoQ10 is at in, uh, at uh, Washington DC further. So if you drop cholesterol, you will, you will drop CoQ10. And then myopathy is further down. The pro protein may be a lenter. So, and when people take statin, everybody knows the CoQ10 drop. I will give you the short answer to this. The reason CoQ10 drop when you take statin drug is because when you take statin drug, it inhibits the synthesis of GG. 
And because GG is required for the synthesis of CoQ10, that's why CoQ10 synthesis drug, because you stymie the production of GG. But also, because you stymie the production of GG, you have myopathy. So therefore, it is not exactly correct. If you inhibit CoQ10, therefore you have myopathy. Not correct. What is correct is if you inhibit GG, you simultaneously stymie the production of protein and the production of CoQ10 because both CoQ10 and uh, both CoQ10 and protein require GG for the for the production. GG is further upstream from CoQ10. So actually, if people call QQ10 drop, it is the biomarker for GG drop. One more time. If you see CoQ10 drop, is a biomarker for GG drop. So in other words, if your CoQ10 drop, your GG drop, sooner or later, they will have myopathy because they don't have enough GG. So this GG thing, uh, Dr. Bennett, it will be fantastic if you have any patient that takes that thin drug, they take GG, they will see that uh, the myopathy is going to go away, hands down. And if you ask my office, we'll send you all the published paper on this. It is wonderful. I definitely want to see that. And, and, and I am now using the GG uh, in my practice and giving it to my patients, not just who've got who's on stands, but who need energy. And we are all suffering from that. Dr. Tan, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you've got a book out there that's for the general public. And if you go to Dr. Tan's website, Barry Tan, that's B-A-R-R-I-E-T-A-N.com forward slash book. There's a, uh, you can enter the code wellness and, and wellness with a, I think a capital W and you're going to be able to get his free book download. It's a wonderful book explaining everything about vitamin E, tocotrienols. And again, I want to thank you so much for being here on wellness for life, Dr. Dr. Tan. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend and to all your listeners wellness and have a great weekend as well. Blessings. Thank you. Okay. God, this is such great information. This is cutting edge stuff. You're not going to find this in, in a, you know, even with your doctors, medical doctors and health practitioners, a lot of them really are not up to, up to um, par with, they don't know about it because it's such brand new information, but we are here on Wellness for Life getting it out there. All right. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.